Well, praise the Lord. God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle Delivered Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing today with us, through us, for us, and in the midst of us, regardless of what's going on in the world. I say it a lot because, beloved, it's true. God is still in the midst of us, working for us, in the behalf of us each and every day. So I'm excited about what God is doing in the midst of us today. It's just something to think about, all the things that's going on in the world today. And, uh, you know, um, some people don't know what to do. Some people are, uh, are running off the road. Some people are frightened. Some people uh, don't. I mean, it's a mess. But however, I realize that we have to follow what the word of God said and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We must really trust God regardless. Well, today, you know, um, there's a lot of different things going on and um, the situation in Haiti with another earthquake. And I heard a tropical storm grace is headed towards that way tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of different things. We got to really pray these countries and the people in these countries uh, that are in Haiti and then you got Afghanistan, a situation in Afghanistan with the troops withdrawn from there. It's a lot of different things going on. The people of God need to get back and call on God. Do what we're supposed to do and call on God on behalf of these other nations uh, uh, or these different people. Uh, 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 we shouldn't be self-righteous, feel like we're better than these other countries because we got all this freedom to serve God, freedom to praise God and all this other stuff, but we don't do that. So we really need to call on God for that. People, bow your head for a minute before we get into the word of God. Father God, come, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in the behalf of the service today. Whoever may be listening to the sound of my voice, whether it be this broadcast, television broadcast, podcast, or however they may hear this broadcast today. Oh, God, ask you to touch every liberal soul. Oh, God, break every yoke in their lives. Save, deliver, and make free. Break the yoke of bondage, oh, God. Heal the sick, oh, God, and deliver the oppressed, oh, God. Look on those countries. In Jesus' name, amen. It's just nothing like God's mercy. I like that. It's just nothing like God's mercy. I like that. There's nothing like God's grace and mercy. It's something like, I just hear that. It's nothing like God's grace and mercy. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like God's grace and his mercies towards us each day. Because some of us need God's grace and mercy. So today, I want to talk to you about uh, an interesting topic uh Many people that say today, um, they expect things from God. Some have heard things about what God has, but a lot of people really don't know. And the thought came to me is promises. I was looking at a scripture about the promises. God had promises that uh, he actually had for us. Um, uh, I always quote the scriptures, I have not seen, yet, have not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I always quote that scripture, but it's true. God has promises for us. It doesn't matter 
where you live, what color you are, what I like about what I like about that is those promises are not for uh, are not based on your race, your creed, your nationality, the nation you come from, how much money you have, or how much money you don't have, how old you are, or how young you are. It doesn't matter. The promises of God and Him, yea and Amen. That's it. But what are the promises? I'm gonna get to that. Get your Bible. I'm reading from the King James Version. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4 says as follows. Being made much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. I'll read it again. Being made much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than that. Hmm. When Jesus left the throne and came into the form of a man in general, he still had a better name than the angel. Being born in a manger, because all the ends were filled up, he still had a better name than the angels. But by inheritance, listen to this. It said, let me read it again. Being made much better than the angels, as he have it by inheritance, by inheritance, by promises from God, by he inherited from his father. Mm. See, Jesus and God is not the same person. They are father and son. So it says, by inheritance, he obtained a more excellent name than they. His name was better than angels. That's why demons are not going to run at the name of Michael or Archangel. They're going to run at the name of Jesus. The son of the living God. I'm not talking about you naming your son to Jesus. I'm not talking about you naming your, uh, uh, your, your son Jesus. And he run around, my name is Jesus. Those, things, those devils don't care if your name is Gugabah. But at the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, the Messiah, the bright morning star, them demons gonna flee if you know how to use the name of Jesus. If you have Christ Jesus in your life. Promises. When you look at that verse, you see that Jesus Christ had a better name that was above the angels. And there was nothing they could do about it. Jesus Christ's name was better than the angels' names. That's why people wonder why people pray to Mary, people pray to Gabriel, people pray to Michael, and all these other angels and satchels they pray for, and nothing happens. People even pray to a statue of Jesus on the cross, and nothing happens because that statue don't have no name, and that statue don't have no power. But at the name of Jesus Christ, demons trickle, situations change, lives are changed, hearts are changed, minds are delivered, and made free. At the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Did you hear that? Amen. See, that's what that's the difference in the name. I remember a story real quick about my family's name, Wells. And this is true, I'm not making this up. I used to work for a company many years ago. Many years And years later, uh, um, I had a good reputation with the company too. And my nephew went and applied for a job 
and got the job. I didn't know the whole story until years later why he got the job. What happened? I was talking to one of the managers there, and I had ran into them. I hadn't seen them in a while, and I was happy to see them. I was talking about it. And um, they said, you know, a young guy came in and applied for a job. And I looked at his application, and his last name was Wells, just like yours. And I hired him just because of that name. I said, yeah, that was my nephew. <laughs> but the whole thing, it wasn't based on his resume. It was based on the name. Notice that? It wasn't based on his qualification. It was based on the name because the name was already carried by me, already simplified the authority that it carries. It already simplified that it gets the work done. That name did the job. And it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. That name is power. I'm telling you. When a person goes, listen to this. When a person goes in the name of the king, that's all they got to say. King Somerset sent me. Amen. Oh, matter of fact, an ambassador, he following the name of the president of the United States or the president of the king of that country. And people going to listen because they're coming in his name. Amen. When you go about talking about the name of Jesus, you're carrying the name of the son of the living God. God, the father, his father is watching. And the world will respond when you carry that name the right way. I ain't talking about no scams and when when you carry the name of Jesus Christ, God is going to respond. The world will respond because you are coming in the name of the Son of the Living God. Let's move on. Let's go to First John. First John chapter three. First John chapter three and verse ten. Listen to this. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither have he love, neither he that haveth, he need, neither he that loveth not his brother. Let me read it again. This, oh, excuse me. In this is the children of God are uh, manifest and the children of the devil. Whoso doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Ah, did you hear the difference? People run around saying, we're all children of God. No, we ain't. You hear that, beloved? No, we ain't. No, they ain't. Everybody not the children of God. The scripture just said, now we'll manifest the children of God. And manifest the children of the devil. Ah! Those that don't do righteousness, live right before God, are children of the devil. They do what they daddy tell them to do. Did you hear that? They do what their father, the devil, tells them to do. We do what the, our father, almighty God, tells us to do. Because we live right and we walk before him and we want to please him. Amen. But this scripture says something else interesting in this verse. And this is the children of God manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, and neither he that hateth his brother. Whoa! Hmm. 
Now, are you racist out there? You part-time racist. You know, you're racist around you are certain people, and then when you get a church, you're amongst them. You hallelujah. Talking about you. Those of you who are Ku Klux Klan members and all these other uh, so-called white supremacist organizations calling yourself Christians. Yeah, yeah, let's, let, let me read the verse to you again. It says in verse 10, and this is the children of God manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. So you're not a Christian. Then it said, neither he that hated his brother. Oh! I'm on to tell the truth. You got to be born again. You got to truly be saved. See, when you really get saved, when you accept Christ as your personal savior, all that stuff gonna go. You're not gonna run around hating people. You hate people you don't even know. They're black, I hate them. They're white, I hate them. Oh yeah, you got you 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 got black uh, 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 black Americans that are racist. Of course you do. Every race has them, and every race need to get rid of them. Racism is bad. It destroys the environment. It's bad for the environment. You even hate. It's destroying the environment. I'm just realistic about that. But God has promises for them that love him. That's what I like about the promises of God. He promised us salvation before the foundation of the world. That's a promise. He promised us to protect us. But see, there's the thing about protection. Um, most government leaders, the president, and all these other people, vice president, and all these other people, they all have uh, a secret service. Other leaders of countries have uh, protection. But the thing about the protection that they get, they're like in a bubble. They can't come out of that bubble. They come out of that bubble, they are on their own. When they come out of that bubble, their protection, uh, 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 their protection team can't protect them because they came out of that bubble. In other words, they're in a rally somewhere and they're under that protection. They're gonna walk outside that rally without any protection. Somebody shoot them, kidnap them, this is on them. Because they were supposed to stay in that bubble. We're not talking about what could go on in the bubble. We're talking about you coming out of it. And it's the same thing with Christ. As long as we're walking in Christ, we can receive the bubble of protection from God. We can receive that protection from God. But if we come outside of God, we on our own. And there's a lot of people do that. They walk outside of God's word, and then they still want the same promises. Can't happen. Won't happen. Not able to happen. Because why? God says sin blocks his face from seeing us. Sin blocks him from seeing us so he can't look after us. Stay out of sin. Stay out of sin. In the scripture it says, the verse 10 it says, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil is manifest. Whosoever doing that righteousness out of God, this just is really interesting. How you know who is of God? And how you know who's the children of God? Knowing who the children of God is is very important. No, I mean, you need to be a child of God yourself. <laughs> but beloved, being a child of God means that being a child of
will of God. You do the things that your father say do. I was watching a, a movie. A, oh, 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 movie. And in the movie, um, it was about Elliot Ness. And Elliot Ness returned back to Chicago because his friend got killed. And he went to do the investigation. And it was a mobster that he knew. That's in the movie. And he went to the mobster and said, yeah, uh, you do this? He said, I'll bring you down. And the mobster got up and said, I ain't done nothing. I don't do that stuff no more. I don't do that stuff no more. Actually, he didn't do it. But his son did, and he didn't know. His son was trying to take over the whole organization and take over everything, and he didn't know. And then it, he had this girlfriend that was fooling around with his son. It was a big mess. I just want to bring out a point. The father, being a big shot monster, sat down with his son and said, I'm going to tell you something, boy. Don't mess with Ness. He's bigger than you. He's more powerful than you. Do not mess with Elliot Ness. That boy wouldn't listen. I don't care what he was told. His father pleaded with him. He, he told, so the boy, the son went and told his friend, I want you to take out Ness and I want you to take out this other guy. Take him out. Take him out. Well, it didn't work the way he planned. Ness took those guys out. Now it's a big mess all in the papers. The point I'm trying to bring out is the father pleaded with his son. Do not mess with this man. He's bigger than you. And this is what a lot of people try to do. God said, don't play with the devil. He'll take you out of here. Amen. He'll take you out of here bigger than you. He's got more power than you. He's got more agents than you. They go play with the devil. Some of these preachers go play with the devil, started playing with his toys, started doing a little dirt on the side, and they're doing all this stuff, and then they try to throw the scripture and keep on preaching over their sins. And God warns them again, I'm going to tell you, leave the devil alone and get right. And they continue on their mess. And boom, they get taken out. They get taken out sometimes physically and spiritually. They get wiped out. Why? Because they came out from under the promises of God, and his protection. Amen. Did you hear that? He came out from under the protection of God and wound up getting taken out. And that's what happened to this mobster's son. He thought he was going to take uh, Elliot Ness out and kept messing around. And everybody know the thing about Elliot Ness is one thing about Elliot Ness. Everybody know all the mobsters knew. He wasn't afraid of death, you or your mama. That's how he was. Death, you or your mom. And the, and, the, and the big monster told his son, that man's not afraid of nobody. He's not afraid of me. And he sure ain't going to be afraid of a little punk like you. But the boy didn't learn. So he went and gets this and got himself shut up. Oh, well, you know, things happen when you don't listen. That's what happened to kids that don't listen. This is what God tries to teach us. He tried to teach us, he has promises, and he has protection for us. But when we come outside of his protection, you're on your own. I'm kidding you. I'm not kidding you. You are on your own. God is not going to back you. When you start playing with the devil, God is not going to back you. He's not going to listen to you. He's not going to hear you. He's going to just let you go. People say, well, how come God, people come out, uh, come from under God? Because they choose to. You can jump out of his hand. 
Come on, a baby could jump out of your hand too. You don't hold them tight enough. But because we're free motor agents, God is not gonna, God is not gonna have a leech around your neck. Okay, like some parents do their children. They knew their children are so wild. They gotta put a leech around their neck so they don't run off. God's not gonna do that. We're free motor agents. He don't have robot robots. Amen. God does not have robots. He has promises and blessings for us. But if you want those promises, you got to fall in line with his word. If you want to be a part of the mob, you better fall in line or you're going to get killed. That's how it works. That's how it works. People don't understand this concept. Fall in line with the word of God. Let's move on. Let's go to Psalms 91. I like this verse here. Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is 16. Psalm 91 is 16. Listen to this. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's a promise. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'll read it again. Oh, long with long life right here. Psalm 91 to 16. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's what God wants to do for us. Did you hear that? With long life one, I will satisfy him too. And show him my salvation. All the things right now. Look at all those things God want to do for us. That's a promise. With long life will I satisfy you. Put yourself there. With long life God wants to satisfy you. Not man. Our problem is we're so used to look at the man. We don't go to God. Amen. We don't go look at the God for his greatness. We don't go, I'm talking some facts here. We don't go looking at God for, oh man, we messed up. We talking about we the children of God. Well, if you're the children of God, why don't you go to God first? Why don't you go to God first? Why don't you go to God before you go apply for a job? Why don't you go before God before you go to an emergency? Why don't you go before God before you get married? Huh? You call yourself the children of God? Huh? Oh, I'm a child of God. Well, take that name off the back of your shirt, your coat. I'm a Christian. Take it off. You don't go before God. You do it and then go before God. He ain't paying you no mind. Because you put him in back of you, okay? He's your, he's, he's your leader. He's your guide. How are you going to put your guide in back of you? You ever heard of a guide in back of you? What is he guiding? Nothing. But watching your behind walk. That's it. Watch your big old head swaying side to side as you walk. God wants you to receive all the promises he has for you. But you must allow him. In order to obtain promises, you have to follow God's direction. You have to follow where 
to go and how to obtain those promises. We need to we need to acknowledge God, worship God more, and give magnifying for his greatness so he can move in your behalf. The Bible said God inhabits the praises of his people. He get involved, but that's the problem. We ain't praising. Oh, we shaking and dancing around in these churches today, but we ain't praising God really. We just being seen jumping around in churches so people can see us, you know. Uh, we oh, we'll clap our hands sometimes. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. So people can know that we clapping our hands. You need to praise God from your heart and let God deeply get involved in your praise and in your worship. Nobody can praise God like you in the first place. God knows your name. You don't need nobody to say, oh, I'll call you. I'll say your name is, um, um, yeah, 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 it's Jill. And you, you tell them your name, you dummy. But the scripture says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. God wants to show us his salvation. Man, man had it on where Sean's salvation, his salvation, what he wants you to do. And then go back on his word later. God don't do that. God said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he said through his son. But we have to accept that. We have to be willing to follow what God says. We must be born again. We must obey God's word. We must apply it to our daily life if we want the promises of God. Talking about the promises of God and having the promises of God are two different things. We stay sick, we stay discouraged, we stay defeated because we do not lay hold of the promises of God. We do not worship God in the beauty of holiness. We do not walk righteously before God. We got to change that. We got to get right with God and stay right with God. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. Beloved, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. Now, what day? I don't know. I don't care what day he comes. You say, what? I don't. That's not my fear. See, people got this wrong. All these scientists and all these big shot preachers and teachers, they're trying to figure out exactly when Jesus is coming. I'm not. I'm focused on living right every day. I'm focused on living righteously before God every day. I'm not focusing on what day the Lord is coming. Because he's going to come whether I want him to and ain't nothing I can do about it. I'll say it again. There's nothing you or me can do about the Lord is going to return. You ain't stopping him. There's nothing you could do but be born again and receive the promises of God. That's another promise. The Lord said he'll return and receive us unto his So that's another promise. He got lots and lots and lots of promises. But we're so wrapped up in this world till we can't receive any of them. We're too blind. Let me pray for those that's watching the TV broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you touch every liberal soul watching this television broadcast right now. Break every yoke in their life, oh God. Save, deliver, and make free, oh God. Save them, oh God. Open their understanding so they can really understand what you're saying. In Jesus' name. Now listen, those of you that's watching the broadcast real quick, go to the website, the Tabernacle Deliverance, inc.org. Leave your prayer request. Uh, leave, you, uh, leave your testimony of what God is doing for you. And you also can become a partner and help support the ministry. You could also cash out us at Pastor B. L. Wells on the Cash App. If that's you, you want to use the Cash App, you could do go to the website and come up on the page and you'll see other links and stuff that you could leave our love off and whatever you want to do. And listen, if you want to watch the rest of this broadcast, uh, you could watch it on YouTube or you could watch it at the www. 
tabernaclepodcast.org. Or you can look for us on Google Podcasts, um, I, what is it, iPhone Podcast. Uh, I've, I forget so many different ones. Um, you can look us up at most of them and find us. And we'll be on Pandora, but we're on a bunch of the other ones now. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, on Apple, Apple Podcast. Yeah, uh, you already know that we on TV, we are on um, Ruko. Uh, soon, I hear we'll be going international soon, but we're just waiting to see what happens with that. Okay, so listen, let's move on. <clears throat> Let me go over that verse one more time. He said, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is what God wants to do for us. He wants to give us long life. We shouldn't die before our time. I'll say it again, we shouldn't die. You, beloved, that's watching and listening. You shouldn't die before your time. That's really not God's plan. That's the devil's plan. Amen. God wants to give you long life and show you his salvation. And then at that, on the top of that, he wants to give you eternal life. Now that's something. He wants to give you long life here. And then he wants to give you eternal life. That's important. God wants to give you eternal life here. God wants to give you eternal life. And he wants to give you a long life here so you can enjoy life. You don't have to be sick, depressed, or compressed. Oh, oppressed. You can be clear-minded. Yes, you can yes. be 100 years old, clear-minded, still running around doing the things you do. I know people that were in their 90s, still driving around, cooking, having a field day. There's nothing too hard for God. Let's move on. Let's go on. Okay, let's run over to Romans 8 and 17. Romans 8 and 17. The word of God is not going to change. Man is. Man changes like the weather. Romans 8, 17 says, listen to this. If children then is, is of God and joint is with Christ, so be that we suffer, if we so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Let me read it again. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Did you hear the first part of that? If heirs, heirs of God, we're heirs of God first. I don't know how it works. Because, because let's check this out. We have to accept Christ as our personal savior, right? All right. Once we become saved, we become heirs of God. Then we become joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That's what the scripture says there. I didn't write it. So we heirs with the Father and heirs with the Son. Why in the world we want to live below, believe, live beneath the privileges of God? Why do we want to live beneath the blessings and promises of God? Why? Because this world blinds our eyes with so materialistic stuff. Our eyesight is blind and we walk around with something over our eyes. Heirs of God and join us with Christ Jesus. We're joining us with Christ. We're entitled to what Christ has. That's what airship is. You're entitled to uh, what the air has. What the owner has belongs to you because you're an heir. 
If you know anything about airship, you'll realize that's really what it means. What he has is air to you. You may not get it all today, but you're going to get it if you follow what you're supposed to do. Because in that, in that airship, they may have rules. They may have requirements that you can't obtain your inheritance until you're 18 or 25. Then you can obtain it. Or take over the whole thing. But the scripture here, if and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him. Now, hold on, whoa. You're talking about suffering. What is he talking about? There's a difference. Listen to this, beloved. There's a difference between you suffering for your sin that you've done in your flesh, and then you suffering for the cause of Christ with things that have nothing to do with your life. Can you hear that? It's a difference for you suffering for the sins that you've done in your body, and then you suffer for the things that you have not done. That's suffering for Christ on the other end. But when you with an alcoholic and you drink yourself half the death and God say you're gonna suffer in your body. That's not suffering for Christ, that's from you drinking. People was worried about being upset about people getting AIDS. That were homosexual, that were drug addicts. I'm not talking about the people that got AIDS through blood transfusion. I'm not talking about that. Because it was people that had AIDS that did that, caused that. That was people that had AIDS, the ones did blood transfusion and caused the people to get AIDS from them. Through the blood transfusion and the drug addicts. But think about this, beloved. There's a difference. I hear people say, oh, I'm suffering for the cause of Christ. No, you suffer from the sin that you did in your body. You know what? A lot of young girls get pregnant at a young age, right? They go out there, sleep around, and get pregnant. A one-shot deal, or whatever you want to call it. And then they suffer, because now they got to be a parent. They got to give up their youth now, having fun, hanging out with their friends and stuff, like they would normally do. Now they can't get around that much, because they have carrying the baby. Now they got, now they upset that they're carrying the baby. Now they, after the nine months, now they got to raise the baby. But they did it! <clears throat> I'm not talking about rape victims. I'm talking about young girls. Why not they getting pregnant at a young age when they know they shouldn't have been having sex in the first place? That's what I'm talking about. You're suffering for your sins. And I know people like this. I personally know people that have done this stuff. And then they don't want to raise a child right. They want to have a good time. Then they call themselves getting saved. And then they still mad that they, because of the child and because of this. You're going to suffer for your sin, but don't blame Christ. I'll say it again. Don't blame Christ. Don't, don't, don't rely on him. When you suffer for Christ, you suffer for Christ. That has nothing to do with the sins that were the life that you lived. You need to obtain the promises of God, but that's going to come through obedience to his word only. My teaching and my preaching may not think, make nobody feel good. I don't care. Because it's not supposed to make you feel good. It's supposed to make you want to do right and live right. Not feel good. Feel good. Oh, last a moment. Living right can last a lifetime. All throughout eternity. Well, feelings can be temporal. 
human. That's why people get high. I was talking to one young man that's always smoking reefer. I said, so what do you do? He said, I smoke so much so I can forget about all my troubles. I said, what about, but what about when you come down from the high? I try to smoke some more. That's what he told me. But sooner or later, all the money's gonna run out. He ain't got no money buying no reefer. And he's gonna be right back down, depressed, feeling sorry for himself, X, Y, Z. But this scripture here, <clears throat> it says something interesting. It says, and, and if children, and then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, so be that we suffer with him, we would what be glorified together with him. We don't only be glorified with God when we have suffered the things we're supposed to suffer for Christ when we truly went through what we're supposed to truly go through successfully. Because some people go through trials over and 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 never come out. So they won't they miss the small things, they keep going the big things. We're living in a day and time when there's so much going on in the world. I'm serious. When I come on, I say, uh, thank God for being with us, use us, and so on and so forth. But what happened is there's stuff going on all over the world that we really need to give heed unto God's mercy and his grace that he shows us here in America. I feel for all those other countries. I realize there's people that will listen to this broadcast in India. And I pray that God have mercy on those in India and y'all be able to serve God more freely. And a lot of these countries, they don't have the privileges we have here. I just preach an unadulterated gospel that could affect all nations where people can be free to serve God. Serving with a true spirit, and faithfulness before God. You don't have to have a cathedral. You don't have to have the mansion. But serve God. The best of your ability according to the scriptures. And obtain eternal life. And receive all God has for you. Let's move on. Let's go now to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. King James Version. For we have, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Let me read that again. For ye have a need of patience, after that ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. That goes for everybody, me and everybody else. I remember when I first got saved. Uh, a sister, no, 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 a brother gave me a track, I think it was, that said something, that said this verse, that I had a need of patience after I'd done the will of God, and then I received the promise. You have to, you have a need of patience first. Let's read it again slowly. For ye have a need of patience after that ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Notice it says might. 
If you really read the scriptures about the Lord Jesus Christ and the things he said, he said, I come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't say, I come that you have life and have it abundantly. He said that you might have it more abundantly. So the scripture says, you might ask why, I'll get to that. The scripture says, for ye have a need of patience. After that, ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. You have to have patience first. If you want to receive the promises of God, you've got to have daily patience. You have to, first of all, have patience to receive the instruction that God has for you, number one. You have to have patience to make sure you do the instructions properly. Because you can't receive the promise. Unless you do that. You're not going to receive the promise. Unless you do that. Now, I was watching, I was telling my wife about a movie I watched about, uh, a matter of fact, I think it was an Indian movie. And um, the young man was in the, uh, uh, a soldier in the army. He wanted to be in the army all his life. My little boy. It was a really interesting story. People made fun of him. People made fun of him all his young life, but he had patience to become a soldier. And people made fun of him, but he died a hero. And he only wanted, he had one goal. He stayed focused on his goal and he had patience. He wanted to liberate his country. And he did. It's really an interesting story. You'd have to watch the movie. It shows about determination. It also shows about, could care less about naysayers and what they have to say. Is that when God gives you a vision and God gives you a directive, you follow it. This man followed that directive to the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. People told him things. He said, I ain't paying you no mind. I'm going to be a soldier. Amen. He said, I'm going to be a soldier. He met a beautiful girl and wanted to marry her. Her father didn't want him to marry her. You know, make enough money. So he said, I'll become a merchant and marine. Now, even now, some of his, check this out. Some of his critics are now saying, I thought you said you wanted to be a soldier. Now you want to be a, a, a merchant marine. Even his father figured it out because he was secretly seeing a girl because he didn't want his father to find out. So he said, this is a girl involved. What's her name? He said, well, Papa, Papa, Papa. He said, no, what's her name? Tell me her name. He told the girl's name. The thing is, he sat down and he said he told everybody he was going to be a merchant marine. Everybody's upset with him now because they were already upset with him all his life, driving them nuts, actually taking pictures and I dressed up like a soldier, everything else. Everybody got on white. He got on a soldier suit. This is a kid. This is his vision. This is his revelation. Now he met the girl of his life, the love of his life. So he's going to become a merchant marine now. So she had to make more money, stick here. But he sat down. He sat in his bed and thought about it. What am I going to really do? Am I really going to become a merchant marine? Or do I want to be a soldier and protect my country? That young man made a decision 
that cost him his life. He sacrificed his life for his nation. He became a soldier, upset the girl more. She was mad with him for months. For I think about two years or something, not four years. And then he seen her again. He tricked her. And they got married according to the rules over there. Uh, what, uh, I forgot what she is. She is, is she, her tradition or religion or whatever. And they got married. She didn't even know they got married. <laughs> it was funny. They got married according to her tradition. And she didn't know. It's something that you got to do. Follow the girl or something. Rub the thing around your hand. And then you, you consider you to be married. Then they want to be married according to his religion and stuff. But it was funny. They never got to marry according to his religion. They got killed. However, but they got married according to her religion. But she didn't know. It was funny. So she said, I guess I'm stuck with you for life. But the thing about this story here is this young man had a focus that was unchangeable. He didn't care if people made fun of him. He would go daring at them. And he looked at this soldier that was with him. It's just a young man smart. But, beloved, it cost him his life. But, beloved, it didn't face him as long as his country was free. The thing I'm trying to tell you when you look at this verse here, beloved, look at this verse. For ye have a need of patience after that you have done the will of God that you might receive the promise. He had to have patience on that battlefield. They had one more spot to take out, and that will take his life out. But he didn't care. He wanted to liberate his country. And it's the same thing with the word of God. It's the same thing with Paul, Peter, and all of them. They didn't care about their lives. They wanted to bring forth the word of God and bring deliverance to the people and whip the devil behind. Because they knew dying was a better game than living. They were smart men. They knew that they would obtain eternal life by them giving up their life. You really want it. You really want to go somewhere, God? Give up your life. I'm not talking about dying. You want the promises of God? Sell out to God. When you sell out to God, the promises of God will flow because there ain't nothing in the way. You don't have to die. My pastor used to say, why should you die before your time? When others are being healed, delivered. He used to say set free, but I, it's really made. This scripture tells us that we have a need of patience. After that, we have done what God told us to do. Oh, let's go back. Slow down. Whoa, ho, horsey. Ho, ho, ho. Tell the horse to slow down. Some people don't know what God wants them to do. They spend their whole life trying to figure it out. You know how they do why they do that? Because they're running behind everybody. They run to every church. They run to every ministry. They have no stimulation. And above all, they don't take time to read this Bible for themselves. And nor do they find. I, I spell it out one of the other messages, Sunday messages I did. I talked about how people having book knowledge and brain knowledge. There is a difference. There is a difference between book knowledge and brain knowledge. You can go to college and read to do the Bible as literature. And go straight to hell. Why? Because you only did that literature. Like a book. You only did it as a book to learn about what they saw. When my wife went to college, she learned all the uh, mystical stuff and um, uh, all those stories. And she did thesis and stuff. She got all those. She, could, she said she could comply books, make books out of those from what she did. That's I believe. That's <laughs> 
Wow. But the whole thing is, she did all that reading. And people do this with the Bible. They'll never obtain the promises of God because they only do it as reading. I had a relative. This is true. Every time that particular relative lost her check, she go book find, go pick up her Bible and read the book of Psalms. I was going to solve the problem. Read the book of Psalms. It, it didn't solve the problem. Come on, she didn't find a check. She had to go back to the job and get another check. <laughs> and she lost her check often. She removed the right from the house. It used to be something to see. I was a kid. I didn't understand everything, but then I, my mother told me that she lost her check. The relative lost their check, and this was normal. So when I was over there, she's searching, tearing up. She put the check somewhere. So that's the only thing she would ever lose. I never figured out. She never lost nothing else. Never lost a key, nothing. Always her check. She would take her check and put it somewhere. Why she was putting it somewhere, there was nobody there to take it. There was nobody to take it. It was funny. She's still outside. Then she would call my mother and say she misplaced the check. So we already knew what she was going to do. She was going to get the book of Psalm, open up the book of Psalm and start reading. I never knew what scripture she was reading. Maybe she was reading, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> it really happened. But she wasn't obtaining the promise. I'm telling you, I have personal experience of misplacing stuff. I've had, I have one story. I can't get not a soul to believe. Well, maybe my wife believe me. One day, I went out, and um, I went out and lost my house keys. I don't know where I lost my house keys. I, I was upset. I, I'll be honest. I was upset. I looked all over the house of my keys, everywhere. Everywhere you're going to go. I look places I didn't even go. Come on, we all do it. We go looking for stuff that we put down. We look in the place that we didn't even go. I'm looking through all the clothes and everything. I call my wife. I can't find my keys. Oh, I'm upset. God is my witness. I said my car. I said, Lord, I need my car, my keys. I put my hand out the car like this. Just like this. I pull out the car just like this. When I drew my hand back inside the car, the keys were in my hand. When I tell people the story, they say, oh, you probably had the keys in your hand all the time. I didn't have my keys all the time. They were gone. I had my other purse, uh, mailbox keys and all that, so I needed those keys. But I put my hand out that window, somebody put the keys in my hand. There was not a soul walking on that street. That's a promise here. Look at me. I have other stories. I have other stories of me driving down the road, pulling around my wacky son, taking him to the other grandmother's house, and um didn't realize I ran out of gas. It was pitch black. I'm not lying. It was only <laughs> I lived 15 miles from where I took him. The car drove around. I'm going around. I realized there was no gas in the car. I said, "Oh Lord, what am I do?" A state trooper pulled up alongside me, shocked me. He said, what can I do for you? The first thing he said, I let the window down. He said, what's wrong? I said, I'm out of gas. So we said, what can I do for you? I said, take me home. I have a gas can, take me home. He said, oh, come on, get in the car. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I was gonna sit in the back. He said, man, come on, sit up in the front, let's go. And he took me home. 
I said, but you don't know me. He said, no, 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 no. If you want to get, take home, bad things happen to people, man. Let me take you home. The man took me home. Now I have relatives that's in the, in the law enforcement. They say state troopers do not do that. I'm just telling you the truth. It really happened. The man disappeared after I came out. He was gone. I never seen him again. God has ways to fulfill promises to you, a protection to make a way. I don't know why. I want to have to walk. Okay, I did walk back to the car, but I was prepared to walk back, not walk home, and then walk back. But I like I like to walk anyway, so it was a good walk for me to walk back. And I had a gas can. I just happened to have gas in the can, and, cook, 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 and I was on my way and get some gas. But the point is, I'm trying to show you. That God promises are, are there of protection and provisions. Those are promises that He fulfills. When we sincerely and to, not, not just sincerely, because you can be sincere, sincerely wrong, and truthfully obey God's word. You got to obey God's word. That's why the scripture says here, look at it. It says, For ye have a need of patience after that ye have done the will of God that you might. You might, you might, you might receive the promises of God. Amen. That you might receive the promises of God. This is why it pays to live right. I needed the keys, God provided them. I needed to get home, God provided it. You got to put yourself in a position so God can send ministering angels. Ministering angels could be people that God used. All right. Listen to this. Every now and then, the Lord will touch me to pray for uh, the children, uh, 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 what you call it, human trafficking people, people that's being human trafficked, especially children and stuff. I'll pray for them, then boom! The Lord will let me see in the news. 35 children were saved, 50 children were saved. This was done, that was done. You got to pray. No, it's just not me, it's other people who's probably alerting to pray. Not just me. We are learning to pray, and we pray. And, and I, when I pray, I ask God to send forth his servants. And menacing angels, I don't know who his servants are. That's not my business. I need God to dispatch his servants to those locations and tear those walls down and bring those kids out. And he does it. Amen. You got to understand something. Who God's servants are. You read the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar was one of God's servants. Yeah, you got to read the Bible. God will use whom he will when he chooses. God got servants everywhere. The devil is not the boss man. God got servants everywhere. Ready to dispense the work and get it done. So you have a need of patience after you have personally done the will of God that you might receive the promises of God. Let's move on. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. And verse 29. Listen to this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29 says. Oops, they went too fast. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29 says. Oh, here it is. For if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, is according to the promise. Let me read it again. If ye be Christ, then you are in the Abraham seed. Abraham seed and is according to the promise. Where Abraham seed? 
We're heirs according to the promise. If we're in Christ Jesus, we're Abraham's seed. Did you hear that? Galatians 3.29. If we're, we're Abraham's seed, we're heirs. Here's a promise. Now check this out. We're talking a thousand years ago. God promised, God promised Abraham he will be the father of many nations. Isn't that something? God promised Abraham he would still be father of many nations. He that he was dead. Abraham had gone a long time. I'm Abraham's seed. I've never met the guy. Isn't that something? I never personally met Abraham, but I'm part of his seed. Hallelujah tonight. And then I'm here to the promises that God gave Abraham. You got to know your place. You go to work all defeated, all bust up, all feeling sorry for yourself because everybody else is advancing in your their job, getting promotions, but you got to remember who you are. Hold your head up and stand up tall because you're Abraham's seed. You're part of the promise. You're going to receive the promise of God because the ain't amen in him. But here's the thing. Do you want it? You see, I find out something. When I worked on one of my last, my last job, they wanted to promote me and I didn't want a promotion. I did everything I could to get out of promotion. I didn't want to be promoted. There was a catch. There was a catch. I didn't want to be promoted because I didn't want to leave that location. I love being here. It was so close to home. If I got a promotion, they were going to put me outside in another county. I didn't want to go nowhere. Okay, I was guilty for being like that. Me and my friend, we had our little scam. We didn't want to go. We returned our promotion. We got, I think we got, I think one time we got forced into taking a, uh, the test. I forgot how it happened. <laughs> I felt it. Yay! They knew me and him were scamming all. We were scamming all along. We didn't want to be promoted. I was already happy. I was like big time in my position there. I was big time. <laughs> oh, they called my department and I ran the country club. In fact, they called the whole store the country club because of me. They called it the country club because I kept it so good and I wasn't even a head manager. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. Everything was so nice. I had a maiden in the shade. I could come in drinking my coffee, blah, blah, blah. I didn't never receive the full promise of that job because I didn't want it. Oh, my wife wasn't happy about it, but I could have received the full promise from that company making big bucks, but I didn't want it. I didn't want to leave. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to leave. So what happened, beloved, I just want to make this quick in the end. Um, they kind of forced me out in a different way. Not force you out, force you out. They sent me to another, they sent me to another state to work, right? In the same capacity, which I had where I was at. But in so doing, when they sent me there, the other manager there in that position, now there's two managers in the same position in the same spot. I already knew it wasn't going to work. All they wanted me to do was be there and drink coffee every day. They knew I wasn't going to adapt to that. Another person probably would adapt to that. But that's not me. I'm a leader. So I want to lead. Then the other manager in the apartment wasn't having me leading. 
I was out we, and we tried to agree, but we couldn't get along. And I'm going to get along with everybody. The reason why we couldn't get along, beloved, because I was on his territory. I was stepping in his territory, and I was wrecking his territory because I had my own roof. He was messy and nasty, and I didn't like that. The place was a mess. I didn't like that. But then I had to come to my senses and say, Bernard, why are you here? What are you doing here? I'm saying to myself, well, I could drink coffee all day. And I'm saying to myself, do you really want it to be that dumb? I left. I quit. I actually quit the job. And then went back to my old job and said, I want unemployment. They said, you got it, buddy. You want it? You got it. Now, you don't quit your job and get it. I don't know about other states in New York. You don't quit your job and get unemployment. Well, I sure did. <laughs> the point I'm saying is you do not obtain promises from God when you don't do what you're supposed to do. I didn't obtain the full promises from that company because I didn't want it. I didn't want it. That was the truth. I didn't want the promises from that company. I wind up starting my own business later, but the point was, I didn't want that company's promise. See, people misunderstand things about life. A lot of times, people don't get promises from God because they stand around complaining about things all the time and they can never receive the promises. They go on a job and complain every single day. They marry a woman, a man, and complain about every single day. They have children and complain about them every single day. You go to a church and complain about the pastor every time you go there. You ain't never going to receive the promises of God that way. You'll never get promises from God that way. All you're going to get is your spirit of complaints. You got to humble yourself and follow God's word. Pray for your family. Pray for your job. Let God give you a release from your job and give you a better job. Like we, we don't do that. We, 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 we miss out on the promises of God. That's why the scripture said after that you have, what is this? Uh, Galatians 3.29 says, and if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and then heirs according to the promise. That's when you're Christ. But when you're doing your own thing, you're not getting those promises. Let's move on. Let's go to Titus chapter 3. We're just about finished. Titus chapter 3. A couple of more. A couple of more. Titus chapter 3. Every now and then I get this wacky moment when I'm searching. Give me your Bible. Titus. Titus chapter 3 and verse. And verse 7. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every now and then I get this moment when I'm searching in my scripture. Thank you. Okay, find it in my Bible for me. Okay, Titus chapter 3, verse 7 says. Find it in my Bible. Okay, Titus chapter 3 says, Being justified. Listen to this. Being justified. 
by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I'm going to read it again. Being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to, according to the hope of eternal life. Look at that verse. Being justified by what? His grace. Being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Being made, you gotta look, look at that verse again. Being justified by God's grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Oh, come on, look at that scripture. It says has a big point in there. Look at the first time. Being justified, when we are justified by God's grace, when we repent of our sin and accept Jesus Christ as a personal savior. Then it goes on to say, we should be made in according to the hope of eternal life. <clears throat> the hope of eternal life. Christ Jesus. You do we we um a lot of us uh, a lot of people in general we constantly talk about um obtaining eternal life um going to heaven but we first have to do the first part look at it says it's a, then being justified by his grace we first have to be justified by the grace of God God looks on us not so much by the life we live in before we get saved. That's not what this is about. Because if that was the case, Paul would have never been saved. Paul was running around persecuting the people of God, having to put in prison and put to death, etc. However, <clears throat> he was justified by God's grace of what he could be. Amen. He was justified by God's grace of his acceptance of God's word. And that's the same thing with us, not based on, people think salvation is just for uh, 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 homosexual drug addicts, uh, 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 criminals, or low-life people, like that's nowhere in the Bible. Salvation is for whosoever will let them come rich, poor, white, green, iron, or whatever you are. You're Muslim or whatever you are. Whosoever wants eternal life through Jesus Christ and want to be in tune with God and walk in God's favor, they are the ones I'm talking about. That they are justified by God's grace. They accept Christ as their personal Savior. Amen. And they begin to follow God's word to the best of their ability as God increased their knowledge. Amen. I'm not talking about how good you are, how good you can preach, how good you can teach, and how much you know about God's word, but being justified by him. And it goes on to say, we should be made as according to the hope of eternal life. And Jesus said, I come that you might have life. Isn't that something? He said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. People think that Jesus said, I come and give you life. He said, I come that you might have life. Jesus said he gives a life for us. 
that whosoever will, let them come. That's what I like about that scripture. What are you going to do? It's really interesting about the promises of God. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Look at that verse. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. And it says as follows. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'll read it again. For the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise. The promise of eternal life. The promise of provisions being made, ways of escape, ways of help, needs being met, lives being changed, binding the hands of the enemy, casting out devil, healing the sick, the promise, all connected to eternal life. Everything on this earth is temporal. So the scripture says, look at that verse again. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all, all that are far off, even as many of the Lord our God shall call. Check this out. The scripture says, for the promise is unto you and your children. Guess what? It might be the people far off that get saved and not you and your children. Because you won't obey God. Because you won't surrender your life. But you want to do it your way. You don't want to do it God's way. And you cause your children to lose out because they were never taught the ways. The Lord, because the scriptures say, train up a child in the way he should go when it's older, when not the part. So if you didn't train up in your child in the way of the Lord, they don't know. All through the Bible, it talks about that. How you raise your children. Kings cause their children to die horrible deaths. Read about King Saul. He's a perfect example. I'm not following what God said and destroying his children. Look at King David. David went murdered by Sheba's husband and caused a nightmare for his family. All you turkeys run around saying, I want to be just like David. No, I don't. People say, well, David had a heart after God. David also had a flesh after flesh. <laughs> David had a flesh after flesh and it caused a mess in his family. That was not good. His son tried to take over the throne and kill him. His brother, his brother, his, his son, his other son, uh, uh, son raped his uh, do, uh, daughter, his sister. Please, please, please. You want to be like David? I don't. You got to remember, you reap what you sow. Be sure your sins will find you out and tell on you. And that's what happened with David. Look at, look at King Solomon. Yeah? Look at King Solomon. The man had, the, the man had no need for nothing. Yeah, no need for, I mean, absolutely no, nothing. In other words, in my terms of talking, he never ran out of toilet paper and he had golden toilets, okay? Let's put it that way. He had no, he had no need for 
a coffee, or anything. He had everything available. The man was one of the richest, the richest men in the world at that, that time, as far as I know. But he wasn't satisfied. He couldn't leave those women alone. He had a thousand wives and three thousand, a thousand wives, I think, and three thousand concubines. Wasn't satisfied with that man. He went around serving all those gods, <clears throat> those idols. You get yourself cut off when you don't do it God's way. Let's move on. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. We just about finished. Hebrews chapter 16. I mean, excuse me. There is no chapter 16. Chapter 6. <laughs> verse 17. I know you say, he's coming up with a new school chapter. There's no verse 16. Okay. It reads as follow. <clears throat> Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 said, When God willing more abundantly to show unto his heirs of promise the innumerability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. I'll say it again. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the innumerability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. He made a, God made an oath to Abraham and lived it out. God's counsel is a new man. Oh my goodness. You can't put a count, you could you can't put a mount on it. His counsel for you is available. Become part of his promise. Become part of the promise of God, and you will see his innumerability, mobility, his capability of performing counsel for you. He can perform counsel and make ways out of no ways, break yokes for you. Change situations for you. Oh my gosh. Check this out. God allowed man to push back time or have time hold back. Oh my goodness. God changed states. He's oh, is he nothing that he can't do? But what about for you? What about for you? Are you gonna obtain God's promises? Are you gonna obtain what God has for you? That's the thing. Are you going to become part of the promise of eternal life? Are you going to become promised a part of damnation eternally? People today, they, they, they're religious. Uh, they live in fear. God ain't told us to live in fear. Never said that. We should fear God and keep his commandment. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? That's what he said. God promises to make ways and provisions for all of us. If we allow him to. You're listening to this broadcast. You're watching this broadcast. You probably watch us watch me in my corny matches every Sunday. Probably even listen to the Bible study. That's nice. But it'd be nicer if you applied it to your life and give your life to the Lord. You can listen to the broadcast I do, watch the broadcast I do, and find all the thoughts you can in my messages, which are you, well, I don't know if you can really find all of them. I'm just a realistic preacher. I ain't got no scams, no golden oil, and none of that other nonsense. I ain't got nothing but the word of God. If the word of God can't help you, uh, nothing can. <clears throat> I don't offer temporal solutions. I offer permanent eternal solutions when you say Jesus Christ is your personal savior. Not, not part-time, but solution. I'm not offering part-time solution. I'm not offering earthly solution. I'm offering eternal spiritual solution where you can obtain eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and obtain eternal life. 
and let God bring the spiritual things into the natural for your life. If there's anybody that's watching this broadcast today that do not, not, do not know the Lord as your personal savior, I offer my online altar call. Every service, every Bible study, that somebody may come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So if you don't know the Lord as your Savior today, bow your head with me and let's pray. And repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and personal Savior. Take over my life. Guide my life. Direct my step each day. Help me to receive the promises that you have just for me. Give me your grace. Give me your protection as I walk with you each day. I thank you for dying for me on the cross of Calvary. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. It's a simple prayer. The Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You mean that prayer? Christ will come into your life. If you're able to go to the website, the Tabernacle Delivers, inc.org, and click on uh, um, prayer requests, or leave a prayer request, or click on uh, the page for leaving a testimony, leave a testimony, or you can become a partner and let me love offering if you can. That's up to you. We'll be here next week, next Sunday, this Wednesday coming with Bible study. Listen, this is serious business. You got to obtain the promises of God your life. There's nothing no man can't give you eternal life, but God can through Christ Jesus. Until next week, uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock right here. Uh, uh, well, since uh, Tuesday night, by, uh, we have the Tuesday night service, but um, right here, Wednesday night for Bible study. 8.15, I'll see you then. God bless you.